there any additions or deletions uh, from the agenda? Okay, did someone care to move the uh, acceptance of the agenda? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Correct. And Councillor Shannon, if for votes, could you just say uh, approve or no or something? Okay. So you're okay with the agenda? No, I didn't hear who approved it. Okay, I think we're good to go. Um, we have the minutes of May 24th in front of us. Are there any um, edits to those minutes? Did someone care to move the acceptance of those minutes? Councillor Carr, thank you. All those in favor? In favor. Thank you, it is carried. Okay, so we have uh, public hearings. Uh, there are no items, Your Worship, for public hearings. Thank you. And uh, now we have a presentation with the uh, Peace River Arts Club, Cultural Days is the title of the presentation. Madam Mayor, they're, they're having a few technical difficulties. Okay. If we would, um, Ms. O'Byrne, would you like a few more minutes? Yes, please. Absolutely. I'll resend the invite. Yeah, there you go. Your Worship, if you would like to move on to another agenda item and we could come back to presentations? Certainly. Okay. So uh, we have a request for decision on the 2120 cemetery bylaw. Are we okay to go forth with that one? And it might be Ms. McQuaid. If you need to attend to the presentation, we can skip this one and carry on with the AQ. Nope. Your Worship has my copy of the agenda. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> Not a problem. We uh, frankly didn't intend to rewrite the cemetery bylaw. Uh, we identified a typographical error whereby monuments were set at 15 feet in width instead of uh, sorry 14 feet in width instead of 14 inches which um, is actually a real concern my mother is having problems with my father's headstone because the city gave her the wrong information about the headstone size so i now have a reason to make sure this is accurate so in going through the bylaw just to make sure that we hadn't had any other similar things. We just did some cleanup of commas and apostrophes and capitalizes and terminology. And if council will recall, several months ago, you repealed a cemetery policy, a closing of rows. Since that is actually part of cemetery operations, we've inserted that into the bylaw. So that's taken care of, but that is the that's the only substantive change aside from 14 inches by 14 feet. Okay. Okay, so it looks like uh, we're being asked to provide first, second, possibly third reading to this um, cemetery bylaw. Would someone like to get us started with the, at least first reading? Uh, thank you, Councillor Good. Um, all those in favor of first reading of the cemetery bylaw? In favor. Thank you, uh, it's carried. 
So are there any discussions? Someone here to move us to second reading? Sure. Councillor Ford moves us to second reading. All those in favor of going to or second reading of the bylaw? In favor. Thank you. It is carried. Okay, move to consider third reading. All those in favor? In favor. Thank you. It is carried. Uh, would someone care to move us to third reading? To provide third reading. Councillor Good, thank you. Um, so all those in favor of third reading of 2021, the cemetery bylaw. In favor. Thank you. It is carried. Thank you, Mrs. McQuaid. Okay. Then we have um, unfinished business. Doesn't appear to have, we don't appear to have any, which is kind of nice. And we have now new business. Um, Director Bell of uh, Canada Day, July 1st. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, our, I can't say inaugural Canada Day, but our first back to normal Resumptive <laughs> um, for post-COVID uh, large public event. The July 1st planning is uh, almost completed and before council's request for an enabling of members of council and a designate uh, mayor or designate to bring greetings on behalf of the town at the flag raising portion of the day's festivities. Thank you. Any uh, questions? Would someone care to move us forward by providing a motion? Councillor Good, what would your motion be? My motion would be <clears throat> to enable the mayor and or designate to bring greetings at the flag raising for Canada Day. Okay. Proposed amendment. Um, friendly, I hope, yes. It's very, that council also be able Accepted. That's okay. Okay, so the motion is that council be enabled to attend the July 1st event of the mayor or designate to bring greetings at the flag raising at the Peace River Centennial Museum and Mackenzie Center at 11.30 a.m. it starts. All those in favor of that motion? In favor. It is carried. Thank you. It looks like we have our two ladies ready to present. <laughs> okay, so we're uh, uh, having a presentation from the Peace River Arts Club and if you could just introduce yourselves for the record and uh, present. Uh, your Worship and Councillors, my name is Trudy Pleasure and my name is Mariana Byrne and we're here representing the Peace River Art Club. Um, we, have, we have two purposes here this afternoon. Um, one of them to tell you about our activities so that we have Town Council's awareness and hopefully blessing and perhaps partnership to go forward with some plans um, for, for long-term long home for the Art Club. Uh, and that's what Marianne will be talking about. And the second part of what we want to inform you about is the Alberta Culture Days, which we are working on uh, as an event for September. So Marianne will begin. Thank you. So um, on your screens, I'm hoping that you can see In Search of a Home. Yes. Um, we have been um, working 
continue to be artists within the community and we're, we're presenting classes within our community, but at the moment we're in a temporary home. And so we are doing our best to continue the international artists that you can see actually right here is one of the um, former artists that brought great um, prominence to our community. And But we are trying to continue to do art within the small temporary space we're at right now. Peace River Arts Society is a nonprofit society. Uh, we've been in, in uh, working operations since 1988. We've had times where we've been very strong. We've had times when we've been not as strong. Uh, but the main problem has been we don't have a home. We've had shared spaces. Um, sometimes it's been great. Sometimes it's not been as great. And um, but we, our purpose is to promote fine arts, and we've done as much as we can to promote fine arts within the community, with a number of populations, both um, vulnerable populations as well as people who are not in that position. Our temporary home right now is in the Green Valley Apartments. On the main, uh, there's a lower level, not lower, it's the main level of the building. Uh, we have a small space that uh, Brian, Brian and Diane Pinch have been um, allowing us to use that space. Primarily, it started as a sharing our invent, uh, store, a place to store inventory. We've moved several times in the last while, lost a lot of inventory, and so at this, this point, we have a space that we're sort of holding on to tightly, <laughs> but it's tempered. And um, in the last two years from the uh, pandemic, we did some introspection and did uh, a lot of things that are sort of building structures to make sure that our bylaws were redone, reflected what was current in our times. We made a um, business plan and we're proceeding to apply to a number of different grant agencies in order to proceed and sort of envision, sort of come to fruition what our vision is at the moment. We, um, as you can see, we have local artists who are very active and promoting their work and Peace River is well known as a place where there are community artists. Um, but this is our mission statement. It's to promote art within the community. When anyone comes here, they are startled at how many artists actually exist within Peace River. And we do what we can to make sure that our mission statement is, is achieved. Um, we continued throughout the pandemic to do art shows within the community. Uh, though um, at the library, of course, they recognized the limitations and we had a quite a difficult time doing the, <laughs> the show in person, but we shifted and put it online. Um, we've uh, done what we can, as everybody has done in the community. We shifted and started making painted rocks <laughs> and distributed those amongst the community. And just something for people to do while they're thinking about how to manage with this pandemic. Um, this is our vision. Um, we want to provide cultural activities with fine arts as our core, but we want to have cultural activities in our community. And 
and we want to connect with other communities. This picture you'll see is a, a fine art show we did in Fairview. We were asked by Fairview to, to display there. We have been talked, um, we have been asked by Grand Prairie to come and talk to them about what we're doing and display some of the art because the art that we're doing is, well, it's becoming quite recognized. But our objective, I won't read all our objectives we have for, for um, the art club, but our main objective is to establish a fine art center for the purpose of, of um, doing fine arts within the community. Uh, we are applying for grants with a number of different places, both provincially and, and federally. Um, we're doing fundraising, look for donations. We're, we do have courses that are fee-based, but we're, I won't say we're flush with money yet, but we're working on it. We have a variety of art, glass, watercolors. I, as I said, I won't continue with the objectives. You can look at them at your will, but we need things in order to establish a, a fine arts community. And we continue to work together to make sure that we're helping each other from the different mediums. Our primary objective is to establish and operate a fine arts center in Peace River. And the Peace River area is not just Peace River alone, it's Fairview, Napa, um, Manning people have come. So we're, that's our main objective for tonight. <coughs> this is a little fuzzy picture, but it is an example of how we pivoted. That was a mask. Someone did a transfer picture onto a mask and kept on going. That's the kind of things that artists do. Um, but what we need from the council, we need, we need funding partners, of course. We need programming partners. We need in-name partners, and that's specifically we know that the um, grants for organizations was that was ended this last time of the council, but we still need grant money, so we are continuing to look for money no matter how it comes. No, that's not quite right the way I said it, <laughs> but we're looking hard. <laughs> but we need in-name partners. And in order for us to apply for some funding, we need to have the, the municipality on board. So that is one of our asks tonight, is to have an in-name partner. And we are out talking to the professional artists in the area to be part of our group as well, because that is also a feather in our hat when we go asking for money. The federal money for cultural spaces is looking primarily for our international artists, which of which we have a number. Um, what we need is support, of course. We need like, your name to go along with our grant applications, funding, joint initiatives. We're looking for partners, partners, partners. And we may need some in-kind donations, like setting up a road closure. But we have a temporary home until the end of this year. Um, we need a longer term home to continue building our community and building our arts environment. But what we really need is a forever home. 
we are looking at a number of spaces. Um, as you all are aware, there's a number of spaces that are available in town. We've explored a number of them. We have one that might work for us. Um, and we, it's looking promising, but again, we're still waiting for this large money, grant money from Alberta Foundation of the Arts. In the meantime, we're gonna continue to art, display our art. So our next show is in July. We have a wonderful array of things that's going to be produced because the theme is the river. This little act piece actually went into the time capsule at the celebration to the hundred the celebration that we did and we put the little squares in the time capsule. Um, this was an example of people in the community making art and we put them together and put them in the time capsule. So when it's opened, <laughs> we'll be able to see this one in person. Our next thing is Culture Days in September. We have been working in conjunction with Canada Council of the Arts and Alberta Foundation of the Arts. They recognize the month of September as the month of artists and Canada Council recognizes culture days within the time frame of September 23rd to the middle of October. But Alberta Foundation of the Arts recognizes just the small amount of time, 24th to 25th, that we're working at. And we're putting on an event. We'd like to have this cultural come together at Riverfront Park. And if rain comes at the Basque Hall, and we're hoping that we're going to, well, we have been inviting groups already um, to come and to display their culture. We want to see everything. We don't want to just see, I don't know, their coat of arms. We want to see what people do in their cultures because Peace River is flush with cultural pe people and we want to see it. So we've been asking people. Um, we've been funded from Alberta Foundation of the Arts of $2,000 for this event, which is, as you all can imagine, <laughs> meager for the event. But hey, we keep hunting. We, we're hunting for money, no matter how it looks. Um, we, scale, we may scale down a little bit, but we've still got a couple months. So what we're asking today is for support in name primarily so that we can put your name on a grant application and we'd, we'd like you to respond, not respond. I sent you um, an email with our grants out to organization, the extra additional information. And um, it actually is a pretty good synopsis of what we've been trying to do for the culture days and what our goal was. So you have that in your email basket of some sort. Um, I'm gonna let Trudy just sort of give a little summary of that part. Sure, um, actually in, <coughs> In your package, starting on page 10, um, before we realized that the, the town council grants to groups, grants to organizations uh, that was listed on the website was not going to be 
available this year. We do, we, we had put this together and submitted it before we realized that the grant was not gonna be available. And it's here, and I, I see that uh, it has been put into the package here. And um, I just wanted to highlight, starting on page 13, the, the background of it. We're hoping that, for one thing, that the town will make a declaration uh, on September 24th and 25th as Culture Days. Um, that would be one sign of support from the town. We see this, um, I think it will follow along the lines of what's happening in the Park for Canada Day coming up right away. Um, and we'll be there. We'll be there doing some sort of activity and hopefully networking with groups that are there to, to bring them together again in the fall, um, which will be a time, maybe it won't be even be all the same people, but it will hopefully be representative groups. And we're not just talking about visual arts, we're, we're thinking dancers and musicians and, and a stage maybe, if we can get enough volunteers, um, folk singers under the trees, some uh, line dancing, um, training, what would you call it, training? Somebody teaching, teaching whoever's there some line dancing or even square dancing if we can get hold of the right people who can do those. Uh, maybe some Ukrainian Easter egg decoration and some Indian mandalas on the sidewalks. Um, some, a drumming circle. We're envisioning all kinds of things. Maybe even a Newfoundland kitchen party, you know, with a soapbox to tell jokes. So we, we want to, whatever people are doing, we're hoping that they will come there for those two days. And with the grant, uh, the $2,000 grant that we have so far from Alberta Culture, they have specified two days, which it feels kind of big for us um, to, to manage two days in the park. Yeah, that's what we're doing. What we had done in this grant application was put in a budget that comes to about $10,000, of which we have $2,000. Um, we're not here asking for money, but we are asking for assistance with promoting partnering so that we can use the, the town logo on promotions that, with the town's blessing. Um, uh, awareness and, and um, articulated support, I guess, of, of what we hope to do at Culture Days. And with Culture Days too, we expect um, it will help with visibility of the art club and networking of people. It will be, it, it feeds those goals of, of um, well, peace. We're theming it peace for one thing. Well-being, quality of life, um, in the, in the grant application, it asks how ratepayers would benefit, and we see it as um, our long-term goal of access to arts programming, um, and a, a place to be, a place to learn, a place to have studio space, a place to market things, and bring the community together with lots of cultural possibilities. If the space, if the long-term space that we're envisioning ever comes to fruition, it may be enough space for a theater and dance groups and musicians all to work together and share a space. It would be a real community hub for the cultural side. 
do you want to say more, Marianne? Oh, we're sorry. In in here, right at the end, um, we've said that we'll be making a video of the event, which we envision could be useful or used by the town also for promotional purposes. I don't know if there's any questions. We're open to questions, of course. Well, um, your topic uh, uh, kind of fits within um, our strategic—I don't know what to do here. Our strategic <laughs> plan. Yes. Uh, uh, so uh, maybe there's some possibilities there. Hard to say. Um, also, I noticed one of the comments you had is, "Don't forget, Peter was named Cultural Bill by CBC in 2011." Right. Wow. <laughs> So I think our town murals, maybe that's where they, they started the, that thought. Um, well, it's, it's a, a big plan and certainly very worthwhile. And um, we know that there's lots of artists of all sorts and different cultures in town. So, but uh, Mr. Ford? More, more just of a comment, but uh, our council just had a great meeting with uh, Woodlands First Cree uh, last Wednesday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the uh, one of the talk topics that did come up was culture, and uh, it would be very very interesting to see this presentation given to their council. I think you would be surprised. I am. I am. I am attending an inter interagency with the Aboriginal Council on the twenty first, and um, actually I was planning to <laughs> to do this because. In our goals, we have, we want everybody in Peace River, not just certain populations. And we want to build a root system for people. And this is, um, when we talk about retaining people in Peace River, like we've been talking informally here, we need to buy, we need to find ways for people to build roots. And having art in a community is a way of starting those roots and establishing a place for people. And so, um, from my social work background, <laughs> this is a, it has a multi-faceted multi purpose. Um, the um, uh, ask about uh, being an in-name partner, basically that means uh, words to the effect that Peace River Town Council supports whatever the ground kind of Idea. It, it, it's I guess we're kind of asking permission uh, when we make our grant applications to permission to say with validity the town of, of Peace River supports our efforts in those grant applications. Okay. Uh, any further questions? More of a um, a word of thanks. Uh, so normally when we just you know support an event, you know part of uh, financially, part of that is, is kind of purchasing promotion, and here you guys are putting this event on and putting in all this work, and you know, uh, you know, videoing it and putting our logo and stuff, and we're we're you're almost supporting us, uh, you know, for free, and so and, and, and putting in all this work and, and really unique and, and really cool stuff. So thank you uh, for 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 you know doing what normally we we pay for. Is, is there, uh, just to follow that, thank you for, thank you for your comment. Um, 
for things like we had a request, or part partly here. I don't know if we've got the all the paperwork in or not. But will it require a road closure? Let's say between Riverfront Park and Athabasca Hall. Is there a cost involved in that, or is it something that we could request from the town as in kind? Um, yeah, those are all administrative requests that we do internally that council doesn't have to worry oh, about. Okay. Easy peasy stuff. Okay. Thank you. But I don't oops. I, I don't believe there's a cost. No. <laughs> Anyways. I do need to just add one comment. Uh, we were recently at the Northwest Community Foundation um, awareness meeting, and they talked about, of course, partnering with the municipalities, which we had already had that knowledge going in our brains, but it confirmed that that's what they were looking for. And so um, there might be a request to if we get grant funding from them, they might want like a, an overseer of our treasury thing. There may be a little bit of involvement, but we are, we are darn sure that we're going to be independent as much as possible. And so um, I think they want to know that you're actually partnering with the town. So I think that's what they're looking for. but. Um, Part of the thing is, we're not an un a, sorry a charitable society, yeah. <laughs> and we need a partner who's got that status, and so that's what uh, the Northwest Community Foundation is looking for. So that's the kind of thing that would be an ask, which we we will we've been managing it quite well on our own so far. We don't know exactly how much more we'll get involved. Okay, um, Councillor Shannon, do you have any questions? No, not at this time. Okay. Other councillors, I'm, I'm actually going to suggest that, um, that perhaps there's a motion that comes up asking administration to bring back a briefing um, uh, on the asks from the, the art group and uh, then we would go from there, from there, and that briefing would probably address your asks about the in-name and sort out a few other things, kind of thing. Yeah. Our, our uh, contacts are available within this document, I believe. Marianne's is for sure, um, if there are questions that come up. Okay, good. Um, would someone care to put forth that motion, Mr. Good? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As noted. As noted. So, Mrs. McQuaid, you're okay with? Uh, I'm actually um, just assisting Ms. McRoberts tonight. Okay. So, if someone could please articulate it so that she can record it. I would. I would uh, make the motion that we ask administration to bring us back a briefing note regarding the presentation from the Peace River Arts Club okay. and their requests. We, we thank you ever so much. Time. Well, thank you for coming. Um, we'll vote on this motion. All those in favor? In favor. Thank you. It is carried. So I expect within the next, hard to say time, but sometime in the future here, um, Edwin will be getting in contact with you and sorting out some of the, the details for their information purposes. 
So thanks again, and good luck on uh, with the September and uh, the any anything else that you're doing. Thank you. It sounds like a very nice concept. Is it going to involve the, the cultural thing too? Yeah, if we can. Okay. Yeah. We've been inviting food trucks. Good to know. <laughs> thanks again, ladies. Okay, our next uh, topic is um, new business number two, request for decision on the repeal of obsolete directives. And Mrs. McQuay. Good evening, Madam Mayor and Council. This is continued motion on our work to modernize and make sure that the policies and directives in place are actually doing what Council intends for them to do. We've identified six that are no longer uh, valid for various reasons. These were presented at the, um, oh, sorry, uh, uh, governance and priorities meeting. But to reiterate them, um, uh, the first one, this is now covered through other legislation, um, land use bylaw, land use bylaw, Again, superseded by the land use bylaw, land use bylaw, and the final one, uh, a portion of it is covered through a more modern policy, and the other portion is actually governed by provincial legislation, so we should obviously not be uh, trying to regulate that. So per <coughs> council's direction, we brought this back from the governance and priorities uh, meeting and are asking council whether or not they wish to ratify the repeal of these six documents. So, councillors, any questions? Councillor Carr? So, number six there, the water mean flushing and hydrant testing, that is now covered by provincial legislation. Is that correct, including the testing of the hydrants? The, no, this, is, this covers um, testing, the flushing of the hydrants is covered in the water main flushing and testing policy. The rest of this policy was regarding the kind of water testing that has to be done following a water main break. And there are prescribed standards for how long that it has to be chlorinated, flushed, as treated. Well as, you know, the, the realm of this policy is actually more administrative in nature. It's not in kind of the policy realm. It's more in the directive nature because it's an operational standard as opposed to Kind of the direction that policy that council would give to to staff since it's more you know things that we have to do on a regulatory basis so like your schedules and so on for flushing them and testing the pressures that would be in addition to this or that would be a secondary policy these are directives that fall out of the provincial standard from alberta environment and parks that dictate you know that side of um, and also it would be dictated from the fire code as well so those two things kind of dictate uh, what we do so the directive there is just kind of kind of firming that up as to our schedule and in practice and dealing with implementing those codes and standards so we do have a schedule in place then is what you're saying okay thank you Thanks. Any further questions? Okay, would someone care to put forth a motion on this matter? Do I have to read them all? 
Um, well, maybe um, Ms. McRoberts will list them, though. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll move option one that council repeal the listed uh, directives. Thank you. Any further questions? Discussion? All those in favor of the motion? In favor. Thank you. It is carried. Our next topic is request for a decision with respect to the council remuneration policy. And Mrs. McQuaig. Good evening, council again. So this would be a revision of uh, correction, a follow-up to the discussion from the Governance and Priorities Committee meeting. Um, pursuant to council's direction, we removed the, uh, a portion of the existing policy that could not be followed. Uh, it was based on data that wasn't available. It included a cost of living modifier that council indicated they didn't want. We removed some other unwieldy language from it. But we brought it forward to council because we were faced with a requirement to implement a policy that could not be implemented. The purpose of the policy is to make the process of council remuneration an administrative matter because we realize that this is a complex issue for council and this is something that is very difficult to, uh, for council to be seen as giving themselves a raise but at the same time how can council equitably, equitably be compensated. So we've developed an administrative framework uh, we did update some of the language in the policy per council's direction. Um, specifically, sorry, let me leap forward. Uh, the language in the challenge, uh, policy was changed to reflect the administrative nature, make it a biannual review, and it is set as a 10-year review period uh, before it comes back to council, although council could request that it come back sooner. And it's based entirely on as equitable as we possibly can, uh, comparable municipalities, uh, which presumably are also equally, like Peace River, governed by local economic conditions and their budgets. So again, moving it strictly into the administrative sphere. So based on this, it is a per capita increase of $1.29 per resident. And the total budgetary cost for the, should it be enacted effective July 1st, is $4,400 and a small amount. Thank you, Councillor Good. Um, based on the discussion we had last week, I I'd like to move option two, that council approves the uh, council remuneration bylaw travel expense policy, but that it not be implemented until January 1st, 2023, which will um, negate any, uh, any uh, increases at this time. Thank you, um, Councilor Ford. Recorded vote, please. Any further discussion? Okay, so um, 
Recorded vote means that uh, one by one, we say we're in favor or not. If the motion is defeated, um, that could mean somebody brings another motion forward, I guess. Okay, so any further discussion? Okay, so uh, Councillor Ford, you're, well actually we can do it, all those in favor and uh, verbally say if you're in favor or not. Uh, Councillor Ford. Not in favor. Uh, Councillor Carr. I am not in favor. Uh, Councillor Good. I'm in favor. Councillor Shannon. I am not in favor. Deputy Mayor. In favor. And the Mayor is also in favor. So the motion is defeated. It's a tie vote. Um, so, any further um, motions on this uh, matter? Uh, Councillor Ford. Mine is just a quick question because I wasn't able to attend uh, the GMP meeting due to some family circumstances that happened. But, Miss um, McQuay, can you explain to me the, the the items in the original policy or the policy that is effective right now that is not? There is at present no means in the policy. Uh, it calls on a cost of living modifier of 35% of the a factor of 35% that's based on the cost of housing within the town of Peace River from Stats Canada. That data is no longer available. Okay, my only my only comment is is, is that uh, I'm not in favor of a council raise at all. Um, I would rather stick to the policy that we currently have with possibly removing that uh, that item that you just talked about. It is currently in the current draft being removed. My question to council then is how there is currently then no means of determining council remuneration. So repeal the policy. For future for future consideration, there needs to be a policy of some sort that's in effect, does there not? Uh, council could opt to go without a policy, but that means at some future date, administration will have to bring back a request to council when council realizes that uh, their current, actually your council's cost of living uh, automatic increase, the one on par with staff is also contained within this policy. That would mean that uh, until it came back to a future council, there would be no change in council remuneration, regardless of circumstances. Councillor Good? Um, I'm fine with no increase. I mean, that's not the reason that I put forward the motion. I'm fine with no increase. But I think there has to be a policy at some point. And the whole idea behind the policy was to uh, kind of make it more administrative in nature so we didn't have to keep revisiting it every time. What happens um, historically, and I've seen this happen for the last 20 years, 25 years, is that it's not done for a long time, and then it's finally rationalized at some point to be proper or reasonable or whatever. 
and then you have a massive increase because it hasn't been there's been no increases for 10 or 15 years or five years or pick your number so the reason for the motion as it stood was to have no increase at this time but to put but to get the policy enacted i have no problem if somebody wanted to make a motion to enact it in the last year but i think for going forward, we have to come up with a policy that allows administration to deal with it without it being brought back every single time, every single year, every single whatever, because it becomes it becomes unworkable as a, as a method. And so that was that was the real reason. Again, if somebody wants to say, well, look, not within our term, but give it to the next guys or whatever, I'm fine with that. Again, it's not about putting money in, in our pocket. I, to I, I totally agree we do need we do need the policy but uh, that option too and the reason the only reason why I'm against it is because that uh, if you want to say council raise would take place in seven months from now okay then let's and I would I would rather not see one at all in the next two years well then make it for 2024 make the same motion for 2024 instead of 2023 and that would accomplish that so moved Councillor Carr. But by doing that, it, does it not become an automatic thing? Yeah, to a large extent it does. But part of the part of the problem with it not <coughs> becoming automatic is that um, historically every single time that account that council remuneration comes by, it becomes a political football rather than an economic football. And that's that's okay. If people want it that way, hey, have at her. Um, but it does, and if you want, you know, there's the argument that you want people to run for council. Some people think councillors should be paid nothing. Other people think they should be fairly compensated. So by putting forth a policy, you remove it from that. Council can, and still has the freedom, the next council could come along and say, we don't like that policy, we want to totally revisit it. Nothing stops the council from dealing with it. But it gives them the option of saying, it's an administrative process now, and what we're doing is we're pegging ourselves right, pretty much right in the middle of all the communities that are like our size, like um, the same kind of communities thing between the number of five to 10,000 kind of thing, or I can't remember, but communities that are very much like us, Great Valley's an example. Um, Edson, as a matter of fact, is right at the median. We would be pegging ourselves right now very, very close to Edson. Um, so there was a lot of thought put into it. And, the previous policy had we been able to get the amounts for the um, co the costing of the homes, etc., we this would never have come back to council. The only reason it's come back to council now is because those numbers were not available, and we put a policy that pretty well thought out till the government changes their reporting. So again, it's not about putting dollars in our pocket, and I have no problem with that at all. But I think we need to have a policy and get it and get it dealt with once in a while, once and for all. Oh no, uh, we have a motion on the floor. Is it, is it, oh, I. Uh, Councillor Shannon, any discussion? <clears throat> no, I agree. I agree that um, we need to have a policy, but um, I don't. I, I'm not necessarily sold on on uh, the automatic thing either. I don't think uh, even if it came back every couple of years, I, I didn't. But I, I think we, I do think we need a policy, and as long as the, you know, it didn't have uh, the, I agree with, or it had the uh, date 
under that motion. Councilor Mayor, if I may say so, if you don't have a policy, you may, if you don't have it automatic, then by definition, you don't have a policy and it has to be brought back. So you're kind of between a, a rock and a hard place. You either have a policy or you don't have a policy and it's brought back every year, every term, every whatever. There's kind of no middle ground because the policy is to kind of get rid of that. Um, I will say that um, I think a policy is needed and I think the clearer the policy is, the better and the less calculation, the better yet. Um, there's probably been at least a full day or two days of admin time spent on uh, trying to figure out that previous policy and it just wasn't doable in the future. It makes sense that uh, council remuneration should um, be a policy. Um, other municipalities have that policy. The way this one is worded with the median value per capita, it really puts the onus on the other municipalities to figure it out and then piece or slides into place is really what it's doing. Councillor Carr? My concern, as I said in the last meeting, was that it seems to be based solely on population. It doesn't consider the financial position of the town. And from what I've seen, we need to improve that. And I don't feel you give even any type of raise, whether it's cost of living or anything, unless you show positive improvement on the revenue side or on the on our financial side as a community. I find it very difficult to justify it when we are in the position we are. Whether that's a political position or not, I don't care. I just I just have a hard time giving a raise when we are in the position we are. I think we could have a policy to revisit it in two years. Would that not be a policy in itself? Um, I could answer that. You could, yeah, we could have a motion to revisit it in two years. Uh, I don't, again, I don't really have a problem with that, but that's not a policy. Okay, that's, that's, that's basically a, um, a tabling or a deferral motion, uh, which is, again, I'm, again, I'm not trying to get a raise here. Um, but if a policy that doesn't address the mechanics of how um, a wage is, we have policies for our staff, for example. We have policies for everything. We have policies for how our staff are remunerated. We have policies for every other aspect. We have policies for how we decide what we're going to give to the taxi passes. We take a look and we revisit that. We have all these policies, and that's what we're trying to ascertain here. Um, Again, my goal was not to put money in my pocket. My goal was to get a policy that made it one. But if you want to revisit in two years, the only issue, I'm going to be very, very blunt, is that you're going to be dealing with it in the, at the time that would be, I would say, inadvisable. Um, it's, and and I, I understand your concern. I'll speak to that about talking about um, whether, we're not, whether or not we're in good financial position. That, that calculation is never factored into any other fact, any other decision that we make. Our financial well-being does not get counted when I want to go buy gas. Our financial situation is not counted when you go to buy groceries. The financial consideration is not counted, to be honest with you, when we're going to deal with uh, paying for staff. Because you either need to pay for the staff or you need to pay for and the pay they're going to get is based on 
the demands and, and the average pay in because we have a policy I believe that our wages have are at a certain percentile of the market if I'm correct I think we have wage policies and stuff like that where our wages are kind of fixed to outside criteria to some degree uh, we have a, a I think we aim to be at the median or slightly better or something like that I can't remember the exact wording but it's it's there so while I understand your concern about the optics of taking a raise um, yeah, I, I hope you can understand that sooner or later we'd like to get to a policy that doesn't have to keep getting revisited or we just leave it in the political sphere forever which is fine too um, Councillor Mrs. McQuake, it is an option if council wants to bring this back in two years, but you would essentially be probably looking at the same question, whether or not there would be an adjustment, a, uh, a market, and it's a market adjustment, it's not a raise, it's, it's more of a market factor, but you would probably have the same question in two years. The policy as written is not touched on Staff doesn't even start looking at it for 10 years, and it doesn't come to council unless council wants it to come to council. So it remains entirely in the administrative realm until such time uh, as council chooses to re-examine it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Councillor Carr? I just don't like the automatic part of it. Then we should have no policy. Because we don't know what position we will be in a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. So to make it automatic. That's quite true, but in that case, but my recommendation would be that we have no policy, that we revisit it in total every time we revisit it. And again, I'm not trying to put money in my pocket. I don't care, that's, that's fine. If that's the way council wishes to go, that we say we're fine with having it come back every year, two years, whatever time we're gonna take a look at it, I don't have a problem with that. Okay, so. Well, that's total, again, it's an arbitrary number so that you're not gonna know in two, three, or five, so. This is McQuaid, this gets reviewed every? Currently, it's administratively reviewed every second year. That, that's the intent and that's the process. Uh, if council wants to not examine council remuneration, we would still have to bring this policy back absent the remuneration section does it because it also includes it establishes your uh, meeting pay your travel pay and your mileage and expense claims are also contained in this policy those ones are pegged to the provincial standard <coughs> uh, for meals and whatnot with the exception of the mileage rates being increased to 61 cents per kilometer but absent those there's nothing governing uh, what counselors would be compensated should you travel and go to a meeting. Okay, we've got a motion on the floor which is that council approves this council uh, remuneration travel and expense policy and that it be implemented effective January 1st, 2024. And I'm going to ask for a recorded vote. So, Councillor Ford. Not in favor. Councillor Carr. I'm not in favor. Uh, Councillor Shannon. Not in favor. Councillor Good. Not in favor. Councillor, or Deputy Mayor. Not in favor. 
and I'm also in favor. So the motion is defeated. So at this point in time, um, we either have another motion or this comes back to, I don't know, who's the winner wins? Uh, I believe my understanding is it comes back, we've considered it, we've done nothing. But we've considered it, we haven't passed a motion at this point. So you've fulfilled your obligation to bring it back to us for consideration, am I correct? Correct. It leaves the existing policy in place. As far as it can be. Which which says it was to actually under the policy it was supposed to be reviewed in 2021. Right. But it leaves it as it is pretty much until we revisit it. So you fulfilled your requirement to bring it to us. You fulfill it as best you can as it sits and we continue forward until two years from now which is the next time it would be brought back to council. That would be my understanding of a correct process. So is that the situation or is the old policy in effect? We haven't presented it. The old policy remains in effect. It just can't be observed. So admin will not spend um, a day and a half, two days, et cetera, trying to figure out the housing 35%, something or other. That part is currently in the policy that hasn't been struck. So we haven't really clarified that matter. Okay, um, we have discussed this quite a bit. Any further um, motions on this? Um, Madam Mayor, yes. uh, a proposal that this be, uh, could it be accepted in principle to be reviewed in 2024? because that would allow us to clean up a lot of stuff in it. I think we should just let this one die for now. Yeah. And uh, it, we'll, if we need to bring back something, we'll bring it back in the future. Okay. That's what my recommendation would be. Okay. So our next topic would be donations and charitable receipts policy and Mr. Websdale. Thank you, Your Worship. Thank you. What we were doing is just taking a look at some of our larger policies that we had in place, and one of them being our donations and charitable receipts policy. This was last looked at about 12 years ago, and so it was just timely to give it a review. There was some outdated wording within it, and maybe a little bit of lack of clarity in a few areas, so we just had some clarifying as to who would be signing a requirement for an annual review, the deadline of issuing receipts, um, we said that we were not able to delegate signing authorities, that that would be kept specific to the role of the finance manager, and clarified some of the record keeping requirements. We've already conducted this annual review, and the donor form was updated earlier this spring to be in compliance with the CRA requirements. So if you turn the page, you'll see that there's the old policy from 2010 with its details, and then the new prettier policy in the new format with these changes as just mentioned. Is there any questions on the revised policy? So for instance, Mr. Webstale, the previous group, um, they said that they were a society, but they did not have um, basically CRA charitable don donation status. But the town does have that kind of status? As a municipality within the province of Alberta, 
we are considered a charitable body and we would have a charitable receipt number assigned to us. So we have the ability to do that for donations that are specific to the town and for the purposes or the activities that the town is conducting. So right. somebody wins the lotto and donates a million dollars to the pool, they get a charitable receipt. They absolutely <laughs> would in person that day. We'll try and work on that every week, but it hasn't worked out. <laughs> um, counselors, any questions? Counselor Shannon, any questions on this matter? Not at this time. Okay. Uh, would someone care to bring forth a uh, motion on this matter? I'll move option one. Council approve the donation charitable receipts policy as presented. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion? In favor. Okay, it is carried. Thank you, Ms. Websdale. Okay, next one we have um, organizational review. And uh, Director Bell. Thank you, Your Worship. We do support the forestry industry during council meetings with our plethora of paper. Um, the report before council this evening is in regards to the organizational compensation review report that was presented to council uh, by the consultant at the governance and priorities meeting. Um, your administration is requesting a motion of support or adoption of this particular report. I want to be clear to highlight this is not a um, sort of a go-ahead for any of the recommendations within the report. A number of those recommendations would come through during budget processes and other organizational and administrative processes, but it does provide yourselves and your administration uh, a report, some guidance and some direction on uh, the contents of the report. Thank you. I think we have the opportunity to review um, the uh, report at the GNP meeting and uh, have a presentation from the author as well. So, councillors, uh, any questions before I call for a motion? Okay, I'll call for a motion. Councillor Good. Yeah, I'll, I'll move that the organizational compensation review uh, be adopted as presented. Thank you. Any further discussion, questions? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? In favor. It is carried. Thank you. And next up, we have uh, Director Bell. Um, monthly significant events reports. Thank you, Your Worship. Normally, this type of uh, report would come to Council through a governance and priorities meeting. It is a bit more of a conversation with Council of your wishes and likes and, and preferences when it comes to uh, the topic before you on monthly report um, or monthly significant re events reports. However, we are moving into a season where there are no further governance priorities meetings for July and August, and also the monthly reports were deferred to this particular agenda. So we took the opportunity to have the conversation at the same time as those reports are presented to council. 
Um, I like Council's input direction feedback for your management team. Um, we'd be happy to adjust our reports to Council's preferences, formats, content, are there statistics that we're missing that you're looking for? This is sort of a general call to Council on uh, review of the formatting and information within the reports um, to ensure that it's meeting your needs. I'd just like to say that, you know, I, I found over the years that the reports are very well done and uh, quite thorough, uh, but I, I sometimes wonder if staff is uh, kind of putting more time into them just to get them done because, well, they're coming up and they're not really um, saying new things. So I, I guess if one thing I could say, I. I totally appreciate uh, staff's work on, on the reports. However, maybe I would suggest that um, the reports kind of just go to the statistics elements of, of them. And uh, the daily activities and that sort of thing, maybe that would be um, served by a, I don't know, a biannual or a, maybe a every six months kind of report that just uh, freshens council's knowledge about, you know, what the, what the different departments are um, up to on a daily basis, but on a monthly basis for these reports, uh, yes, it's important, I think, that council realizes the fire department led to 780 fires or something. Uh, the, the CPOs did so much in enforcement and so much in communication. Um, that, that sort of thing, I, I find good. Um, you know, public works, the amount of water, but maybe the charge just get condensed a bit. And maybe sometimes the, too bad for us visual people, but we get it once in a chart, not a chart and a graph sort of thing. Um, that would make it a little bit shorter. However, that's my thoughts. Councilor Good. Um, I, I don't want to see, like a lot of times, I think in different organizations, the reporting takes about a week out of your month um, because they're not automated. They're not, um, I guess the question I would have, uh, Kel, um, is are your reports pretty much easy to press a button and generate? Or are they take a lot, okay, and the reason I'm asking that is that if they, if they aren't, Spending a lot of time to put a pretty piece of paper in front of us to justify your existence. We already know why, and I'm very serious about this, we know why you exist. We're supposed to be the big picture people. If if the fires are being put out, I don't need to know that there were 50, 30, 20, or 10 fires in a month. If, if our pool um, is running as normal, that's all I need to know. If it's running abnormal, then there may be something you bring to us, like an exception, we had, we had this issue. Those are the, that's the information that I think is useful to me, is the exceptions, not the, not the rule. So if the report could be, and I think we're sort of saying the same thing possibly in different terms, that, this, that I don't need to know the day-to-day -day goings on because my assumption is it's being done properly, but I do want to know if there's something that should be brought to our attention, and that's a matter of trust. That's a matter of faith in the organization that the directors are going to bring council the information when something has gone really strange. And, you know, I believe that you are, and I believe that you will. 
But a lot of times, and the other thing is, I don't believe the reports need to be read out during the meeting because if there's anything worse, it's having a PowerPoint presentation where somebody reads the slides to you, which colossal waste because I had a chance when it was put into my minutes, I have a responsibility to review all that information. I'd prefer to see the director come up and say, did you read the report? Yes. Did you have any questions? No. Thank you. But, but get rid of some of the stuff or find a way to automate it so that you, if there's potential to automate it, spend some time in saying these figures we can get from our accounting program, these figures we can get from here, punch, we got your report. It may not be as pretty, it may not have pretty pictures on it. It's, don't spend, I don't want you to spend 25% or 20% of your time generating a report. So I can say that I partly agree with Mr. Good, but I like to see the stats because that's my way of saying, here's a change. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing is important to me. Other councillors, Deputy Mayor? Sure, we'll just go around the horn, I guess. Um, I, I like your reports, they're very gorgeous. So I'm just gonna point that out. Yeah, we have with. lots of pictures. I like Jim's reports, they're very uh, numerical. Um, so there's, there's an advantage there. Um, Chris, yours are very well written too. Okay. I, was like, I can't be that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you write them yourself, obviously. <laughs> um, um, I think I, I uh, would, would kind of meld the ideas of the mayor and, and of Councillor Good, Good together. Um, a biannual report that is that that detailed is a good thing. And then um, every month, just the changes. This is this is an update. This is what's different. You know, kind of thing is is sufficient. Thank you, Councillor Ford. I actually uh, tend to uh, agree to to meld both uh, Councillor Goods and the Mayor's uh, ideas together. Uh, but the only question I have is, when it comes to the stats, because I like the reports. But when it comes to the staff, how much time does it take administration to tabulate those stats for, for a weekly report? When it comes to Councillor Good's question about putting a whole bunch of time into a report. I'd look to my fellow directors to provide some feedback because I think for every department and different areas within de the department, it would be slightly different. So it's a couple hours for each of my departments. Yeah. So if I, speak, for I can speak to that in a yeah. general sense without knowing it. If you have to take staffs and then you have to cut and paste them into your presentation, it's a lot of time. If the stats can be incorporated into where you just go click and there's mm -hmm. software to do that to an extent, then it doesn't take much time. But one of the worst things in the world is having a bunch of numbers that you have to manually type into a report because it never just goes in and then you have to go and you have to check it then you have to do your calculations checks and i, I know that because i do reports <laughs> so i'm just saying that that's part of the difficulty with them is the time constraints so um carry on you're going to ask somebody else or maybe not uh, for their services. I'll maybe just add my two cents, Your Worship. You'll notice that my sections often quite brief, and 
there's a sinister plot there. My intent is to give you less and less until I get feedback that you want something to see, to be frank, if you're reading it, if it's of interest to you. It is a significant time. It's not just of the director's time, but it's of the staff that are responsible for the individual areas to take that tracking. They teams meet in it, where it's an Excel sheet, where it's an email, it's a copy pasting, putting together. Um, to be frank, a lot of it is copy paste of the prior month. A lot of things are pretty consistent from month to month. And putting a little bit maybe of always back on the council, I, I would love to have questions from you to kind of give me a sense as a director that's important, that's important. So mine are probably a lot more minimalistic than my colleagues who do beautiful things with pictures. But I'm as time goes on, I'm just looking forward to the feedback from council as to what is important. Please do reach out and let me know, and then that will be incorporated. Thank you. Um, any further comments, councillors? Councillor Shannon? No, I, I agree with everyone. Um, I agree with Melody, too. Um, I do agree as well that um, they don't have to be read out at the um, meeting that we all responsible for, for reading them, but I enjoy them too. Could I make a suggestion? Sure. Could, could we make a suggestion, not policy or direction, but suggestion that administration take a look at the report for the next one or one in two months or whatever time it comes. Develop the report that you think we need and you think that is reasonable and present that to us. And then say, this is what we kind of think is important for you to know. Are you guys okay with that? That'll allow you to trim your report down to the salient information that you believe is, is reasonable. It gives us a chance to take a look at it and say it doesn't meet our needs. Rather than having us take a look at a report that I think all of us kind of agree is repetitious and too long and too detailed. And maybe we look at doing it three times a year, like every four months. Maybe we have the detailed one and there's, there's two, you know, three others that are just kind of updates. Just some ideas. <laughs> Um, any further discussion? So, uh, <laughs> Director Bell, uh, I think we have additional direction. I have many notes, okay. so I feel comfortable with the conversation and, and being able to bring back something for the next, I think in September is where we bring back July and August. Yeah, and July and August. Mm -hmm. yeah. So thank you. Well, thank you. Okay, so onwards to utilities and general receivable write-offs, Mr. Lebsdale. now to council as we just keep going through our books we're just finding more small things general receivables where there are items that have been outstanding for some time and in the request for decision it references about eight years it's probably more like 14 years in some cases it goes back to just stuff that has been just sitting here and it ought to be addressed the bulk of this is utility bills and there's a number of reasons why this comes up 
Um, lots of times, maybe it just wasn't a timely response on the part of us as staff in just identifying when people moved out. Ordinarily, they're transferred quite quickly onto the taxes, and we recover that way. Sometimes it's a time issue we haven't got to it. We weren't aware of a sale. In many cases, it's uh, trailers that make it quite difficult, where literally the trailer has left the community, and there is no way to put it onto a tax roll number. And so those things arise. There are a couple, there's two quite large receivables in here. And I'm just, there would be on the, the first page of the listing. And one of them is about $59,000. That's a, a local recreational facility where there's a number of things, insurance, water meters, a gen set, and so forth from that 04 to 2013 period where we don't anticipate any ability to, to pay to the town. And the next one is a local trailer park where a number of meters are put in and invoice sent for them. We don't know the history exactly. The parties responsible for a lot of these decisions are not with the town anymore. They have left some time ago. And generally speaking, we don't charge for the water meters when there's a wholesale replacement, so we don't know the background. But again, looking at the year 2015, based on correspondence that we have found, we do not anticipate any payment on this one, or for that matter, on, on any of these items that we've identified in this listing that's before you. So the recommendation that we have after having reviewed it is that we would accept them as a bad debt expense and write them off accordingly. Any questions from council? I, I think we, we had at least one go around at this and um, from what you're saying, the, the bigger ones, they're impossible to collect any house which is remaining on the books is not going to um, do anything for the town, nor are there any proceedings that would even vaguely hope to collect it. And your worship, that is the assessment of the staff, exactly that. Okay, any uh, comments, questions? Someone here put forth a motion. Councillor Ford. Thank you, Your Worship. I put a motion on the floor that Council approve the write-off of $111,793 in uncollectible collection agency, corporate services, and general receivables. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion? In favor. It is carried. Thank you. Okay. Next, we have Director Bell with attendance at the powwow. Thank you, Your Worship. This is a request uh, to recognize the powwow as an enabled event for any members of council that attended that particular event. Normally, we attempt to do these in advance. However, this one sort of snuck up on us. Thank you. Um, any questions about the idea? Councillor Carr. Why would we need to enable council at this point? I'm just curious. If a member of council uh, makes a claim for this particular event of their attendance of their time, you require an enabling motion for that. Yeah. So I attended and uh, made two speeches 
and two grand entries and um, graduation hands on two days, I'll have you know. <laughs> it was a very good event though. They had 190 um, participants like dancers and then a couple of drum, drum competitions as well as, not sure about singers. There was also, it seemed bigger this year. There was all sorts of food trucks, uh, lots of campers and um, yeah, it was just rather energetic um, event. So very good. So that was my take on it. But um, back to the the question. Anybody consider putting forth a motion? I'll move to enable this uh, event retroactively. And by the way, I think uh, Councillor Wojciech attended the evening um, uh, part of one day too. Okay, so there's a motion on the floor to uh, enable powwow uh, to be an enabled event. All those in favor? Councillor Shannon? In favor. Okay, it is carried. Next we have um, request for a decision on the Peace River High School graduation ceremony. Director Bell. Another one of those uh, post-COVID in-person events. Um, the Peace River High School has requested the mayor designate to address their 2020. Uh, to, to add to the confusion, they've also invited the deputy mayor. Um, but I phoned and I said, did you mean to do this? And they're waiting to figure out. But it was the, we have RSVP'd for the mayor and or designate because the deadline was there. I've taught um, these children and I feel like they're doing this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we received an identically worded message to uh, a letter to uh, inviting the deputy mayor to also come and speak, but they haven't clarified if they need it or not. Or what? So, so I've earned this, by the way. <laughs> this difficulty is, is, is well paid back. So kudos, if you're listening out there, I see you and I respect your moves. So maybe it could be uh, for the mayor and or deputy mayor Absolutely. to uh, attend the graduation ceremony on June 30th at Peace High. I think that would be very appropriate to, to add both parties to the enabling motion if council chooses. Okay, so does somebody move that motion for further discussion? So moved. Okay, all those in favor of the motion? In favor. Opposed? There's one opposed, <laughs> but it is carried. Thank you. <laughs> okay. uh, so now we have some reports, and talking of reports, uh, Mr. McQuaig, the Engineering and Infrastructure Monthly Report to the end of May, kind of. We're stripping council, so basically we're... Sorry. <coughs> so coming up on our summer months, we're firmly engaged in uh, startup of our summer projects including the neighborhood infrastructure renewal project which starts up this week uh, we've been continu continuing to work on the shaftesbury uh, trail water and sewer project and uh, the commissioning of lift station four which happened 
on the street. We're just kind of putting the finishing touch, touches on that. And with that, uh, we're just waiting for emergency genset to uh, be delivered on that site. And so I'm looking at probably a ribbon cutting uh, by council coming up uh, in the first part of September for that project. So it'll be something to look forward to. Uh, then our biosolids project is uh, just getting underway as well, as well as a few other projects. We're just uh, getting our summer program for sidewalk and pavement replacement uh, figured out. Uh, so that project will probably kick off uh, for construction probably the last week of August, uh, the month of September, and that's usually when uh, we get our kick in the cap at uh, the paving crews. Uh, usually before that, Alberta Transportation's got them pretty locked up until that point in time. Uh, but in the meantime, we are continuing on with our road patching program. Uh, we've, uh, with Public Works also, we've had a couple of new hires. So we've hired a new machine operator, 3 uh, two who uh, started today, as well as uh, we've had three uh, of our temporary summer laborers uh, start this week. So we're glad to have them on board and putting them uh, right into the mix and getting them working. Uh, other than that, uh, council has any questions? So the uh, patching and so forth, did I hear you say that would be the end of August? So the, when we're doing just pothole patching, we're gonna be doing that throughout the summer. So uh, and it's more the, the overlay program and the where we're doing the, the larger overlays for uh, the water breaks that have happened over the last year and also our sidewalk repair program. So that's like the one across the street, that would be later? That's correct, yes. And the one by Métis 6? Uh, that one there is also on that list uh, okay. for August, September. Thank you. Sorry, darn the cracks. Uh, um, Councillors, any further questions? Your mic is on to Mr. Ford. I just wanted to ask somebody to ask me this last week about the power station that we applied for the grant for for the electric vehicles. Have we heard anything more about that? Uh, no, we have not, uh, Councillor. So um, potholes and crack filling are the same topic? Uh, the crack sealing is a different program, Your Worship, and that one we're also getting organized right now. And that one will probably happen later on in August. Okay, thanks. Uh, any further questions, councillors? Councillor Shannon? No, I'm good at this time. Okay, okay nothing further for Mr. McQuaid? Thank you, Mr. McQuaid. Very detailed as always. And yes, I do like the charts. Okay, um, CAO's office and the Corporate Services Department. And CAO Parker, did you touch anything? Mr. I'll just maybe touch on a couple of the Corporate Services items here. Just the combined assessment of property taxes notice is going out, and we've seen significant payments come in to date. It's always gratifying in my role to see that happen. It's just very good to see. And then I'm just going to steal a little bit maybe of Mr. Bouchard's thunder here on the website stats. And I just want to keep drawing this to council's attention because I think it's something that may influence future decisions. 
the web pages by views, it's always amazing to me just how much interest that pool generates. It really is the absolute jewel of our recreational facilities. It's just, it always stands out to me. Um, under finance, we're continuing to work on the budget book for 2022 and preparing for what it might look like into 2023. And in that area, we can, something we can announce today, we've had some official confirmation that uh, our finance manager, Mr. Tram, is just he let us know that he'll be retiring in the new year. So we have a, a process to begin of what the replacement might look like and how we'll go about doing that. So we'll look into that closer in the coming weeks and months. And that's it for my area. Any questions? Counselors? You must ask him a question because he's going to cancel his report if uh, you don't ask him any questions. I noticed there was feedback on everybody else and the deputy mayor was very flattery and I was completely missed. I just want that noted. You know, what we have isn't going to last, from what I understand. And I'm investing my relationship capital elsewhere. So noted. On the other hand, <coughs> you never know what he's going to put out next month. For sure, <laughs> be interesting. So it is interesting the um, web pages and that sort of thing. Um, I note the spring uh, cleanup had 621 something or others. So uh, that's pretty good. And uh, thanks, Mr. McQuaig. I think it also went pretty well. Uh, yes, and just on that note too, we've been talking to GFL about improvements for the program in the fall. Uh, being uh, one one something we're going to do is expanded advertising. Uh, GFL are going to do some advertising within the supermarkets just to get uh, some better reach out into the community. Uh, just another point of note: uh, we've had a good uptake on the two yard recycling bins in Centennial parking lot. Uh, they've been full pretty much every week. I, I thought they were going to die down after the first couple weeks, but uh, they continue to have some good use uh, of them in there. And I think we've got our, the garbage part under control now, so I'm hoping that will continue. I'll say good luck with that part of it. I, I know that uh, I've used them seven bags this weekend i'll have you people know and i managed to get them in there without spilling anything and i did not leave the plastic bags behind so i feel i should get a pat in the back somehow for that one and yeah gently because i got sunburned doing that sort of thing your worship i was amiss in ignoring the fire department protective services area it's so beautifully done that i never recognized it as belonging to my area so far Fire Chief Harris is here. If you have any questions pertaining to the statistics or to the Northern Heat sessions that went on, I see we've got some photographs specific to that. And he's here if you have any questions pertaining to those areas or the CPO program. No, but uh, all of those Northern Heat um, uh, attendees did seem to be uh, fairly focused at the breakfast I went to. and. Uh, they managed to uh, sort of ad-lib a little bit when one of their main speakers was unable to um, uh, come. I think it was a, maybe a COVID issue or so. Um, I have noticed though that the alarm calls, I think 
I noticed they have gone down slightly, or maybe that's the police section that went down. Here's 32% of the calls were alarm calls. And I'm assuming that that's like fire-related alarm calls, or are they calling to say their cat's out or something? Oh, the ones under the fire department are monitored uh, fire alarms. So either residential or commercial monitored fire or smoke alarms. Good, well, thank you. And I see that um, uh, mutual aid was 127 man hours, so that, that seems to be quite a bit. Yeah, I did. There was a couple of uh, large fires in the MD that we uh, responded to outside our response areas. Thank you. Okay. And the other aspect uh, was health and safety as well as the community peace officers. And of note, uh, their tickets versus um, warnings in April, it was 46% uh, for tickets and 54% for warnings. So pretty well half and half. And the very last thing it says that Karen Singh is learning his job as system administrator. So another welcome part to a person to our town. Any further questions of that department? Yes. Um, I would just like to know when is our newest peace officer vehicle going to be decoled up with the town mobile? I believe it was just done in the last couple of days. Okay, well thank you Mr. Webstale and CAO Parker and Director Bell. Okay, next one, Communi Community Services Department, Director Bell, she's got lots of stuff here including maybe summer games. It's our high tech system, sorry. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sure everyone has read it, do you have any questions? Well, I noticed the steam room uh, business there. Um, is it now? We're just waiting for tiles to show within the next week, fingers crossed, and we should have it um, back in action within, I don't want to overpromise, within the next couple of weeks. Great. Well, there's lots of school kids that have been attending the pool, I think. Um, okay. Any further questions for Ms. Bell? The taxi pass people are usually summer that goes down a bit, right? That's correct. That's correct. We, we see a normal um, lower usage as okay. the weather warms. Okay, uh, Councillor Ford. Yeah, mine's not a question, just more of a more of a comment. Uh, again, we did a another grandchild's birthday party on Sunday. The staff there were absolutely amazing. We had 31 kids attend, plus probably about 20 adults, so um, they had a blast. Good, great. Okay, any further questions on any of the reports? Great, okay, well, thank you. And uh, now we're on to the May 31st, 2022 quarterly policing report. <laughs> and uh, Sergeant Brown uh, has sent the first quarter of the year's stats to us. And um, remember the priorities are drug trafficking, breaking and entering, and 
community, police community relations. And those are the three top priorities for the Peace River and region. So any questions? Your worship, your worship, if I may, uh, please. Sergeant Brown has uh, just provided a request to come to council and sort of speak to his report. Unfortunately, it was just on Friday. Um, so we weren't able to accommodate with his report, but um, at a future meeting, we're hopefully in July, he could speak further to some of the details within this report, answer any questions that council may have. So if you want to collect those questions, he will um, coordinate the time with him. Okay, so you're asking us to kind of save the questions till then? Yes, because none of yeah. us would probably have any answers for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so we'll carry on with the next one, which is the Peace Library Annual Financial Report. And um, this one is. Um, sent to all of the 40 some odd uh, libraries and basically just a few pages explaining uh, what they have done annually as well as their audited annual report. Um, the Peace Library system, their uh, revenue and their expenses are each about $3 million a year. And other than that, uh, they're still working on their indigenous population or library grants to reach out to some communities there. That's about all I could say about that one. Uh, any questions on it? Okay, then we have a briefing note with the MPC minutes of March 22nd. And I think uh, both Mr. Carr and myself attended that one. And Mr. Carr, I believe this was the one where we did uh, accept an application for a modular home, but had conditions that it had to include the attached garage, it had a setback, it had to have a paved driveway, and the front door had to face the street, not be on the side, so it looks more like the other homes in the neighborhood. And the other one that uh, was in that um, same meeting was the um, request to have a uh, uh, religious use facility and that went forward as well with some conditions. Okay, so I'm going to ask that someone uh, move the acceptance of the reports one through six for information. Councillor Good, all those in favor? In favor. If they are, that motion is carried. Okay, then we have an information letter from um, Ms. Shannon um, Stubbs, the Shadow Minister of Rural Economic Development and Rural Broadband Strategy. And she is just, I guess, uh, sympathizing and trying to advocate for rural communities, uh, particularly those with less than 2,000 residents who receive, in her opinion, less support from the federal government in comparison to their larger uh, counterparts. And she's advocating on their behalf. Uh, I would accept a motion for, a motion to accept this information item for information. Councillor Carr? Yes, 
Councilor Carter moves that. All, that's okay. All those in favor? In favor. It is carried. Do we have any notices of motion? We have none, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. Uh, comments from the public? So if any public has comments, uh, these comments are, are limited to, I think it's five. Two minutes and items on the agenda. Two minutes and items on the agenda, Mr. Sissons. To my best as always, I apologize to council for showing up in a uh, not as respectful and well-dressed manner as I usually do. I got caught with a yard worker and dirt under my fingernails and I wanted to show council the proper respect, so I apologize for that. Um, with a little bit of latitude, please, uh, the Aladair Rec Center, or what used to be, we lose some of our heritage because he did so much for this community and that's the reason why that rec center was dedicated to him. And I realized time must move on. And, uh, but if we don't make maybe some consideration for naming something else or, or does his contribution to the, when he was minister and how much he did for us at that period just get forgotten in the course of time and that's how it's gonna be? Or do we try to preserve some of this stuff or does it just get lost? So I would suggest that maybe council can consider naming something else so we don't lose the memory of a man at one time that was super important to this town and what he did for it. And it's just thrown away and forgotten by accident. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. Uh, former business. Uh, Councillor uh, Boychuk made comment uh, to my suggestion that we uh, have council chambers in the spirit of reconciliation with this business of uh, residential schools and all that, and peace of sympathy for what happened there. And perhaps that in a gesture that we have council chambers blessed, um, examine that. He said he thought that that was a great suggestion and, and I heard him comment that he wanted council to consider that. So I took it upon myself to, to uh, do a little bit further investigation on that. And just to give you a miniature report, to be helpful and I, I understand that I'm, it's not quite on the agenda but with considering what I'm talking about a little bit of leeway would sure be appreciated. Uh, I contacted both the Duncan Band and the Woodland Cree because I thought they're equally important even though one is further away and, and just in case both bands might want to participate we didn't want to insult one by not talking to both that idea. Um, up until recently, the Duncan Band's chief was away, so that I haven't received anything back on uh, their uh, possible response on participating that if it, in that if it wasn't going to happen. And as far as the Woodland Cree uh, goes, they're having, believe it or not, some debate about whether it's favoritism, and it's kind of, from what I got out of it, do. It's like politics. And then it would be who would be the appropriate elders or, or their spirit leaders that would be the most um, uh, appropriate to, if that was gonna happen um, to do that. They're, they're not sure at this point. And they're, believe it or not, due to um, uh, what was sort of, what it could pry out was uh, they're concerned about favoritism um, and also 
um, if it's actually from some perspective an appropriate thing to do from uh, their end of things and they're having some discussion and that was between the, the fellow that's their version of the CAO out in uh, Woodland Cree, I'm not sure whether he was called the director of the CAO, and, and some of their um, relative concerned parties, I'll put it there. So I haven't really sort of got any further than that as far as where that whole suggestion was at, and that's what I managed to find out uh, further on that matter. I'd like to thank Council for um, allowing my little contribution to be put on the on the wall there. Thank you. And that's it. Well, thank you, Mr. Sissons. Um, I will um, indicate that the uh, strategic plan for the town for the next three and a half, four years uh, does have um, uh, a goal, a section about Indigenous relations. And so there are ongoing, um, I don't want to say activities, but... It's been taken into consideration yes. to a certain degree already, which I think is a, uh, why this governance body shows a lot of common sense and wisdom most of the time. So thanks for telling me that. Okay, uh, Councillor Ford. Yes, uh, thank you for that. And just uh, to, to, on your comment of the uh, El Adair Rec Centre and, uh, and Mr. Adair, uh, just so just so that you're aware uh, it wasn't lost it wasn't forgotten there was some very very in-depth conversations that administration did have with the family before any decision was made and that was uh, part of that decision was from the Adairs. Thank you very much for the clarification on that and I'm sorry that I'm not aware as keeping up with some of these things apparently as well as I, I should have been so I apologize for that but uh, also, I'd like to hope really your knee is in a lot better shape. And I was wondering if you had any comment, maybe not at this time, but you, I understand, are the police liaison uh, counselor for us. You were at one point, are you still? I sit on the RCMP advisory committee. And in conjunction with tonight's report, I guess if you'd have felt any comment from how it was going from your perspective, it would have been germane, you would have made it at that time. That would be correct. All right, just check. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Mr. Sissons. Your Worship. <coughs> Your Worship. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just a, a note, um, Mr. Sisson may not be aware, but Council had a formal pipe ceremony, which was a blessing of the space of Council Chambers in 2019, prior to mm -hmm. the installation of the Treaty 8 and Métis flags. It was a formal and private process. Pipe ceremonies are not a public, um, um, they're a sacred private process. So council at that time did go through a, um, that pipe ceremony with a number of um, members from Woodland Cree uh, and area, Little Buffalo, Lubicon area. So we, we some members of council wouldn't have been able to participate and it was the previous council members but that pipe ceremony did occur and that was part of the formal installation of those flags 
And we also did a pipe ceremony in uh, the grounds for the Treaty 8 monument and the Five Flag uh, monument outside of Riverfront Park. So there's been a number of processes that have occurred. Um, so just wanted to let you know again, because it, it was, wasn't a publicized activity because it's not a public process. Well, thank you very much for, for that, Tanya. And that uh, is with your long standing service uh, to the town. Uh, that's something that you would be aware of due to your history here. And to bring the rest of us up to speed and due to my, again, lack of awareness, thank you very much. And that's the spirit uh, which we're trying to pursue. And it seems like that's being done. So that's great. Okay. So uh, at this point in time, I think we are going to have a little break. Well, actually, um, key communications, pardon me, Ms. Bouchard. I'll keep this brief so we can get to a break. <laughs> Um, so the uh, enabling motions are key to me. So the candidate the, uh, ceremonies and the Peace River High School um, attendance, as well as the powwow that you were previously at, which I do intend to share a post on. I did get a couple of good photos of the speech that the mayor delivered, as well as some of the da dancers. So I think that that would be worthwhile to thank for them reaching out for our attendance, um, as well as the repeal of obsolete directives and the donations in taxable receipts policy. And depending on how we proceed with uh, the culture days um, in the future advertising that. And I leave it up to you, uh, Council, to provide any feedback. That all sounds good. Uh, I know it wasn't on the agenda, but next Monday we're having our strategic plan public engagement at the Emerald Room? Yes. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m.? Correct. Okay. And um, I don't think we've officially got uh, notification, but June 21, the National Indigenous um, Recognition Day, uh, there's going to be events at the park and also at the uh, library, I believe. So that will be forthcoming. So thank you. Councillors, anything further? Okay, thank you, Mr. Bouchard. Okay, uh, so now I think we're gonna have a 10 minute meeting. So we'll be back here, at, well, eight minute meeting. We'll be back here at 7 p.m. And uh, then we'll be going in to closed session. So that'll be it for the public aspect. Eight minute meeting or eight minute break? Eight minute eight break. Eight minute break. You <laughs> said meeting. <laughs> oh, sorry. Good, uh, good hearing, I guess. Eight minute break. <laughs>